Welcome to the Moses Lake Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. MLBC is led by Pastor Dennis Fountain and exists to help real people going through real life experience real change through our incredible God. We hope this message will be an encouragement to you, and we'd love to hear how God used it in your life. What a blessing it is to be here. You know, yesterday, uh, we went to the gym. I went to the gym with uh, um, Dennis and saw Dennis and Hannah there. And, uh, and then later on last night, uh, he, he messaged me a reel. Does anybody have social media? Raise your hand if you have social media. How many of y'all wa- you watch reels? Tell the truth. Come on, late at night, you're sitting there going like this, right? <laughs> and uh, that's what he was doing last night. And he sent me a reel of this guy working out in the gym. And, uh, and he's like bouncing off the, the, the equipment back and forth. And, I, and he's like, this is you. I'm like, yep, it sure is. And in, in the reel, it said, this is if nobody's there. For me, it's with people are there. I don't care. Like, if you're there, if you're not there, I'm going to have a great time, okay? I've just decided a long time ago that uh, let's just have a great time, whether we're in church or we're at the ball game uh, or we're at the gym. I'm going to have a great time, and uh, it's a blessing. You know, I got to thinking about, I don't know why I thought about this, but I went with some friends. I just love embarrassing people and, like, making people feel nervous and scared and all that type of stuff. Well, we were at Dodger Stadium, and I'm a Padre fan. Well, I was a Padre fan. The Padres died. Now, what, what... fan am I? I'm a Phillies fan right now, okay? Because they died, and now I'm free to marry another for the postseason, okay? And so that's just my philosophy right now. Uh, But I remember going through Dodger Stadium going, beat LA, beat LA. And my friends were like running away. You know, they thought we were going to get mugged or something, you know, or killed over there. But uh, uh, it is true. I do love having a wonderful time, and I love your pastor. You guys have an incredible pastor. Just watching him work last night, ministering at the Youth Dynamics, he is, I would say, one of the best pastors I've seen. Uh, I'll tell you the truth. I have no business being a pastor. My dad was uh, a barber. He was a drug addict. He went to prison, and uh, my mom was an alcoholic, and I got saved out of a broken home. I wasn't in a Christian family. I didn't any, know how to pray, didn't know anything about the Bible, didn't know anything from creation to Christ. And, uh, and a friend of mine took me to a Bible study when I was 15 years old. And the businessman, his dad, asked me a question. I was in my baseball clothes. He said, if you died today, are you 100% sure that you go to heaven? I thought to myself, no, I don't know where I'd go. Now, I knew I was pretty messed up, you know, I... I knew I was messed up, and he was just like, well, can I show you from the Bible? He took that Tuesday night Bible study, walked me through the gospel, showed me how I was a sinner. I knew I was a sinner already, but he put words to the brokenness that I felt, and I knew I lied. I knew I stole, and I knew I disobeyed mom and dad. I knew I was just a a rebellious hellion, and uh, he said, the wages of your sin is death. You deserve hell for your sin. That's, we all deserve it, and uh, he said, but Jesus loves you. And Jesus died for you. And Jesus rose again. He conquered the grave. And whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And that night, I went home. And I lived in, uh, across the street from a rodeo grounds and uh, at a little apartment. And I got on my knees. 
and I, I, I put that little gospel track, a little brochure that had the, the Romans road beside my bed. I read it one more time. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The wage of the sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. But God commendeth his love toward us and that while we are yet sinners, Christ died for us. And whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I read that gospel track again. And I bowed my, my head and closed my eyes. And I said, all right, Lord, I don't really know how to pray, but I'm coming to you. Will you forgive me? I want to be saved. I want to be healed. I want to be forgiven. Now, please save me. I put my faith and trust in you. And I'll tell you what, that night, I felt like God removed all my sin and heaven come down and glory filled my soul. How many of you have ever experienced that before? How many have been saved before by the grace of God? Raise your hand up real high so I can see. Take a look around. What a blessing it is. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, is what the scripture says. Well, right after that, uh, I told uh, the man that led me to Christ. He said, well, you got to get baptized. And I said, oh, yeah? What, 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 where, where does it say that? He showed me from the Bible. I got baptized at the Baptist church. And uh, then they said, you got to go soul winning. I said, oh, yeah, where does it say that in the Bible? He said, go, go into all the world and preach the gospel. I said, let's go. You know, and so I was out there in downtown San Diego doing some street preaching at 15 years old. Didn't know anything about anything, but I knew Jesus loved me and saved me. And, and, uh, and so the rest is history. Now I'm married to my precious wife wife for 21 years, right, sweetheart? Wonderful year. She's madly in love with me. Yeah, she is. She can't keep her hands off me. She loves me so much. And uh, we have two kids. We have two kids. Nolan is 19. Nine, he's tall. I think he's my kid, right? I mean, he's, he's really tall. And, uh, and my daughter, Taylin, is 17. And uh, we pastor the Victory Baptist Church in San Diego, California, in El Cajon. And uh, God has just been so, so good to us. Our church is a soul-winning church, meaning we actively engage people with the gospel. Our church is a disciple-making church, meaning when somebody gets saved, or even before they get saved, we walk them through what the Bible says about following Jesus Christ. I mean, one-on-one -on -one discipleship. Our church is a missions-giving church. Now, we don't mess around. There are some churches that they'll mess around and they think it's all about just showing up at church on Sunday morning. Uh, listen, for me, it's 24-7, 365, Jesus Christ, all day, every day, all night, every night. That's what it is for me. So we are a missions-giving church. Uh, we will give millions of dollars to missions, millions and millions. Why? Because it's not about the money. It's about seeing people get saved. It's about seeing Jonathan Ballou go reach those Thai people. It's about seeing Philip Jones reach those people in Pasadena. It's about uh, uh, Brother Sheridan in Patagonia, Chile, out there reaching those, those, those people there in Chile. It's about seeing uh, people in Mexico City get saved. It's about seeing the Saudi Arabians get saved and the Australians get saved. How many of y'all want to see people get saved everywhere? Man, I got chills just talking about this right now. Because I'll tell you what, listen, the answer is not in the White House. The answer is in the church house with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You and I, we have the answer, and it's Jesus. And so I'm fired up about Christ. I love our church. I love what we get to do. I love to give to missions. I love to support. Listen, I have, we have some missionaries in Cambodia. I love taking care of little orphans. I love them. I love writing that check and sending it out and, and seeing those little kids be loved on and nourished and get, uh, remember over Christmas, we got them shoes and we got them clothes and got them some food and our, our missionary loves on them. And I love seeing churches get planted. I love seeing new churches be birthed. I love seeing older churches get revival.
I like seeing the, 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 the hoary head, the gray-headed ones, if you would, who lost that loving feeling, get that zest and that fire back up and yippee, you know, once again, you know. And I just love to see the Lord move. I really do. And uh, I just love what we get to do. And so you say, do you love the Lord? I love the Lord. Do you love your wife? I love my wife. Do you love your kids? I love my kids. Do you love your church? I love the church. Listen, I'm about giving. I'm about going. I don't want to just stay in one place, as you can tell. I kind of move around a little bit, you know. I want to reach people here, and I want to reach people there. Now, listen to this. You, you and I, we can't be physically in two places at once, can we? Not physically. And so the only way to accomplish the gospel mission and mandate that Jesus has given to us is through strategic partnership. That means we have to work hard and make some money and pray, right? And we've got to give it to partner to, with people who are all around the world. And so let me tell you this. You are a co-missionary, my friend. There are those who, who think, no, no, I'm no missionary, and then there's those who realize I am a co-missionary, meaning I go to work, I may be a secretary, I may be a construction worker, but bless God, when I'm out there working from nine to five or whatever it is, I am making money for the glory of God. And I will give my tithe, I will give to missions, and I will help reach people in those far regions as well. That's how we can be at multiple places at once, through strategic partnership. And that's what this month is all about. That's what this is about. Now, there's some of you out there, you're like, well, this is about money. It's not about money. If you get all jacked up in your heart because you think it's about money, you have a, you have a heart problem, friend. That's what you have. For me, I'll tell you this, it's all about Jesus Christ. And is, it, are, are, is not Jesus worth the sacrifice? Isn't Jesus worth everything? I mean, you think about this. He, 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 he put both hands out for you and I. He died for you so that you can have eternal life. Shall we hold back one from him? No. Let's go all in with our lives. Let's go all in with what he's given to us, with our families, with our future, with our finances, with our fitness. You know, today, I've got a message, and I'm going to mess with you guys in the back in the sound booth, okay, a little bit, because I may go off script, okay? Sometimes I like to go off script and just mess it all up. You know, anybody like to do that too? But where are my, my planners at? I mean, you just like it just a certain way. It's just got to be just a certain way. And if you just mess it up just a little, fix it, fix it, fix it. Right? <laughs> Listen, I, I, I'm the person, I, I like to fly by the seat of my pants. Listen, if I, if I, even if I'm traveling to, uh, you know, let's say I'm going to Papua New Guinea, I don't really need to book my flight until the next day, the day before. I don't need to pack until that morning. If it's Christmas time, I'm getting all the presents the night before. I know it. I know it. Don't hate. Pastor Dennis gets a little uppity at, at me on this stuff because he's like, uh, did you not put that in your calendar? Uh, no. <laughs> or maybe it's in there. I just didn't look at it. <laughs> and so for planners, it's, I have to have some planners around me for an effective ministry. But for me, listen, I like John chapter three. Remember when John chapter three, when Jesus was talking to Nicodemus and he's like, listen, you must be born again. And the rabbi's like, you know what? How can these things be so, you know, can a man be born when he's old and enter a second time into his mama's womb? He's like, no, no, no. That which is born of flesh is flesh and that which is born of spirit is spirit. Marvel not which I say unto you, you must be born again. And he goes, he, and he talks about the wind. And he says, so is everyone born of the spirit. You see, if you know everything about where your life is going, what's gonna happen, then you don't really need God, right? And that's why I like the this, this saying, let go and let God. 
In fact, turn to your neighbor and say, let go. Come on, go ahead. Turn to your neighbor right now. You guys got to loosen up a little bit. You got to loosen up. Sometimes you get into church, you get a little stuffy, and you think, well, listen, if we were at the ball field, you'd be, you'd be like a bunch of raving fans. Yeah! You know? We get into church, we're like, you know, no, come on. Let go. Let go and let God. Let him have his will and his way in your life. You let that happen. Let the Holy Spirit move on you. Hey, some of you, your life's going to be changed as a result of this service. The trajectory of your life will be transformed by the truth that is preached today. If you've come with an open heart. Now listen, if your heart's closed and stuck, you might as well just stay at home. Why? Because it's almost like saying, bless me, but your cup is down. You gotta open your heart, open your cup and say, here I am, Lord, I lift up my cup. Fill me, God. How many of y'all wanna be filled by the Holy Ghost of God? How many of y'all come to church today to get filled by God and to bless God? That's why we come here to be doers of the word, to be transformed, not to check a box, not to say, hey, you know, that was good today. We were real religious. Good for you. The Catholics are religious. The Mormons are religious. Hey, the Muslims are religious. The Hamas is religious. It's not about being just religious. It's about a relationship with God. Hello? It's about a dynamic love relationship with God. And so today, I wanna, I'm going to provoke the fire out of you. And don't be surprised if I come down the runway right here. Yeah, she's already making way. At my church, they call it the splash zone right up front. You know, you ever been to, who's been to SeaWorld? Anybody been to SeaWorld? You know what happens when you sit in that front row. Shamu comes along, along by, right? And shaboom, you know. I tell people if there's a little bit of spittle that comes out, it's holy. Don't worry about it, okay? <laughs> well, there you go. You're starting to laugh a little bit. You're loosening up. That's good. You know, you're, you're doing good. Hey, go over in your Bible, Luke chapter number 19. Luke chapter number 19. What a blessing. What a blessing. I love it. Luke chapter number 19. I want to give you a message I've entitled, Pound It. And we're going to see a parable where Jesus talks about pounds. And the pound is a symbol of stewardship that he gives a pound to you and expects you to grow it. He expects you to grow it. In fact, turn to your neighbor and say, it's time to grow it. It's time to grow it. Yeah. Now, some of you are like, how many times do I got to turn to my neighbor? Any introverts out there? You're like, I don't turn. Yeah. Yeah. It's like your worst service ever. You're like, I got my walls up, okay? <laughs> I'm here to come into your walls and pull you out, friend. <laughs> Luke chapter number 19, Luke 19. And so we're talking about the pound and the pound is a stewardship opportunity that God has given. And so Luke chapter number 19, the Bible says this in verse 11. And as they heard these things, he, Jesus, added and spake a parable because he was nigh to Jerusalem and because they thought that the kingdom of God should immediately appear. Hey, they were thinking Jesus was going to set up shop, rule and reign right then and there, going to kick the Roman government out, and they were all excited about it. But Jesus gives this parable, he says in verse 12, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. And he called his 10 servants and delivered them 10 pounds and said unto them, occupy till I come. Say occupy. Put a little bit of fire on the end. Occupy. There you go. There you go. Occupy. 
That means to employ, to get to work, to be useful, right? It means to stir it up and, and to steward that thing. Occupy that thing, right? And so he gave him a pound, and he says, I want you to really employ that pound until I come back. And he says, but his citizens hated him and sent a message after him saying, we will not have this man to reign over us. So the citizens didn't really like this. And it came to pass that when he was returned, having received the kingdom, then he commanded the servants to be called unto him and to whom he had given the money. What are pounds? It's money. And it says that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. So he said, hey, I'm going to give you this pound. I want you to occupy and I want you to get to work with it. I want to give you some resource and I want you to get to work with it. And I want you to make it grow. I'm expecting growth. And so he comes back after receiving the kingdom. Verse 16, then came the first and said, Lord, you can tell this guy was like, he was looking forward to the return. Thy pound hath gained 10 pounds. And he said unto him, well, thou good servant, because thou hast been faithful in very little, have thou authority over 10 cities. The, the, the nobleman's like, man, you did such a good job going from one to 10. I'm gonna make you rule over 10 cities. You've been faithful with little. I know you can be faithful with much. Next guy comes along. He says, Lord, in verse 18, thy pound hath gained five pounds. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo. And he said unto him, likewise, he said, be thou over five cities. This guy's pretty happy too. One to five, that's pretty good gain. Both those first two guys, super faithful. And remember this, faithfulness leads to fruitfulness. Faithfulness leads to fruitfulness. Faithfulness leads to fruitfulness. Faithfulness leads to what? There you go. Faithfulness leads to fruitfulness. Now check this out. Not everybody's faithfulness leads to the same amount of fruitfulness. But fruit is fruit, and so we're not going to get upset at it. Both is pretty good right there, right? Now watch the next guy. The next guy, the third guy that comes up, not good. Not good. Not good at all. Scripture says this, verse 20. Another came saying, Lord, behold, here is thy pound. You can tell this guy's got an attitude. Here's thy pound, which I have kept laid up in a napkin. For I feared thee, because thou art an austere man, that thou takest up, that thou layest not down, and reapest that thou didst not sow. And he saith unto him, out of thine own mouth will I judge thee, thou wicked servant. Thou knewest that I was an austere man, taking up that I laid not down, and reaping that I did not sow. Wherefore then gavest thou not my money into the bank, that at my coming I might have required mine own with usury? And he said unto them that stood by, take from him the pound and give it to him that hath the ten pounds. Now look at the parentheses in verse 25. It's almost like they're whispering. And they said unto him, Lord, that guy... He hath 10 pounds. For I say unto you that unto every one which hath shall be given. And from him that hath not, even that which he hath shall be taken away from him. But those mine enemies which would not that I should reign over them, bring hither and slay them before me. And when he had thus spoken, he went before ascending up to Jerusalem. So this last guy, he's living in fear. Now listen, there's two types of people in here today. There are those who are living in faith and hope and love and courage, and they're, they're going to occupy. They're going to risk for reward. They're going to employ, and they're going to use it so they don't lose it. And then there's the other group. The other group is the ones that live in fear. They're, they're afraid to lose. Well, I, just, I, only have, I only have so much money. I only have so much time, and I just, I'm just so afraid, so I'm just going to sit here. I don't want to lose my life, so I'm going I'm to mask up, and I'm, I'm going to stay home, and I'm just not going to do anything. I'm, just, I'm so afraid. You know, there's people living in fear even still today over what happened in 2020, and they stay stuck in their life. God has not called you to live in fear. 
God has called you to live in faith. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. He gave us a spirit of love, power, and of a sound mind. I would rather go forward living in faith. And if I perish, I perish. At least I'm living in faith. I like what Esther said. You know what? If I perish, I perish. Some of us, we're, we're, we're living over here in fear. Well, I only, uh, I got one pound. I just, I'm afraid to lose it. Listen, you're going to lose it. You know, the difference between winners and losers, winners focus on winning. Losers focus on not losing. Question, what are you playing today? Are you playing offense or defense? Are you playing, oh, well, I'm just going to be defensive. I'm just going to sit back all day long. And I understand you have to have both in, in, in sports. But listen, if your primary objective in your life is to not lose, guess what? You're going to be a big, fat loser. I'm just so afraid. Well, then, then the modus operandi of your heart is fear. It's constantly in fear. The guy that lived in fear, he had a bad attitude. He was afraid to risk. What happened to that guy's pound? God came along and said, give me that pound. And here we see a difference between communism and capitalism as well, don't we? He took the, one, the guy that, that, that didn't do anything with his and he gave it to the one who had 10. You know, if you want to find a job to get done, you find a busy person, you find a successful person, you find a faithful person. Sometimes I have people come along and listen, I'm for giving everybody an opportunity, giving everybody a shot, giving everybody a chance. But I'm, listen, I'm, I'm for giving people a, a, a help up, not always a handout. Amen? How many of y'all have tried to help out some people only for them to try to take advantage of you over and over and over again? Only for them to manipulate you and tell you that you're no good and, and try to extort more out of you? Come on, I know what I'm talking about. I didn't grow up in church, friend. I got, I got a lot of people that were just leeches and suckers and, and want to use Christianity to try to make you feel bad about their, their mismanagement of, of their behaviors. And so when we're talking about missions, yes, we need to have compassion to love those who are lost and get the gospel to them. But listen, let me tell you this. That doesn't mean we're a bunch of suckers, right? It means we, we have heart. It means we have compassion. But it also means that, listen to this, we are stewards. Jesus is watching what we're doing with our stewardship. He has given to you a pound. What are you going to do with it? Maybe you're, you're married. What are you going to do with your marriage? Are you going to sit there? You know, the other day I, I had a conversation and, uh, with a, this couple. They didn't go to our church. It was a referral from a friend. And they had been married for, I think, 14 or 13 years. And um, they were having hard times. And he was saved. He thought she was saved. And he gets in touch with me. I start talking with him and come to find out he doesn't go to church. He doesn't read his Bible. He doesn't pray with his wife. He doesn't care about his, pray over his kids. And his wife wants to leave him. She is ticked off, had it up to here with his laziness. He goes to work all day and he has the typical man syndrome. Well, bless God, I work all day long. So you ought to be happy that I provide food. Listen, your job is a lot more than just providing food on the table and paying for groceries, friend. Now I'm in the men's business. And you better believe, guys, I will get up all in your business. Why? Because men, we need it. We don't need wimpy preaching. We need strong preaching. That's what makes strong men. And so he, he began to tell me what was going on. And, I, and, and, and then he said, you know, I, I'd love to set up a meeting. I said, I'd love to set up a meeting too. The wife ends up calling me. And she just says, you know what? He, he works and then he just comes home. He sits there and does nothing. And she was building some resentment. I had a meeting. I said, let's have a meeting. She wouldn't come to church. He would come to church, and he started coming to church. He came to three services, and that third service, she came afterwards for a meeting. We sat down on a Wednesday night. I had my daughter watch uh, their kids, 
and uh, she just began to open up her heart. And I asked her, if you died today, are you 100% sure that you go to heaven? And he, and he goes, yeah, yeah, I remember you got saved. And she goes, no, I don't know. I don't know where I go. She was, she was lost. He was saved and doing wrong, not doing his job. She was lost and looking for some leadership. That night, I gave her the gospel. I gave him uh, clarity of what was going on. She bowed her head right there and got saved. Right then and there in the office. Experienced the forgiveness of God inside of her heart. You see, until she gets forgiveness in her heart, she's gonna be looking out at him with a tough, hard, angry, bitter lens. But the moment she experienced grace from God, she was able to let go by the mercy of God. Then those two, I said, hey, do you think that you could forgive each other? Like Jesus, Jesus bled and died for you. He didn't wait for you to do good and be right before he bled and died for your sins. Do you think you could turn around and forgive him freely? And she goes, yeah. She turned to him and forgave him. He turned to her, asked for forgiveness. They were crying with some tears, loving on each other. It was miraculous. You know, two days before that on the phone with her, she said, I just don't, I don't see a, a direction. I don't see hope. I don't see how this can happen. Here's what I said. I know someone who can help us. I know someone, King Jesus can do this. And I'm telling you right now, hey, whatever's happening in your life right now, whatever's happening in your home, whatever's happening in your heart, whatever's happening in your family, King Jesus can do it for you too. I'm telling you, he can do it. He's a miracle worker. He's the way maker. I'm telling you, I don't just sing about Jesus. I walk with Jesus every day. He is absolutely wonderful. He really, really is wonderful. And so you look at this parable and you think about these stories. I want to tell you, with your, you've been given a pound. You've been given some time. You've been given an extension. Don't lose it. Don't lose it. Are you listening? Hello, are you all listening? Don't waste it. Listen, don't waste it. You've been given opportunity to work. You've been given a mind. You've been resources. Now, if you want to take some notes, I've got four-step process, four steps, and I'm going to go right to these on how to advance your pound because God's expecting advancement. Number one, accept your pound. You know what? You didn't get to choose where you were born. There's a lot of things you didn't get to choose, but I want to encourage you, just accept right where you're at. Just be like, thank you, God. Now, listen, I, sometimes I wish I was a little bit taller. Sometimes I wish I could dunk a basketball, you know? Sometimes I do, but that's not what God made me. You know, he made me like the Oompa Loompas. <laughs> Oompa Loompa Boopity-Doo. <laughs> and so I make chocolate for Willie. No, just kidding. <laughs> I just accept my pound, and then I get busy with it. You know, I love what God told Moses when he was calling him. He's like, I, don't, I can't deliver the children of Israel. Moses, God's like, what's in your hand? A rod. He said, right. Now cast it down. Cast it down, turn into a snake. He said, pick it up. He picked it back up, turned into a rod again. See, what God was showing him, sometimes you gotta cast something down and pick it up with power. Sometimes you gotta realize you are, ooh, this is good. I hope you're listening. I hope you're listening. You just gotta look what you have right now. Are you listening? Sometimes, we're, oh, you know what? They, the grass is greener over there in another state, in another city. Their marriage is better. No, listen, the marriage is better when you water it. Amen? The body is better when you take care of it. 
Sometimes, well, you know what? I'm waiting for this Shazam hocus pocus moment where outer space strikes me with a lightning bolt and all of a sudden I'm spiritual. No, 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 you don't get it. You have the resources you need, friend. You have it right now. Accept your pound. Be grateful for it. Appreciate it. Value it. Love it. Bless it. And watch what God does with it. Then you say, what do I do next? Number two, you got to apply it. You got to apply it. You know, Moses had to use that rod, didn't he? Hey, you got to use what you have. Hey, maybe you're a farmer. You got to use your farming tools. Maybe you're a barber. You got to use your barbering tools. You say, what are you talking about? I'm talking about getting some gain. I'm talking about getting some gain so you can give a little bit more to church and give a little bit more to your family. How many of y'all want to give some more to your family? Anybody want to give some more to your family? Yes. How many of y'all want to give some more to the church? Let me tell you this, friend. It ain't going to happen by accident. It happens with intentionality, with purpose, and you got, you got to apply yourself. Is it going to be hard? Yes, it's going to be hard. But you got to get in there and be like, okay, Lord, let's go. Let me say this to you. You're a lot more powerful than you think you are. You're a lot more powerful. How many of you all seen the movie Facing the Giants? Anybody? Raise your hand if you've seen that movie Facing the Giants. So it's, a, it's a high school football movie, right? And in there, the, the team captain has got a bad attitude. You ever get a bad attitude? Anybody in here ever get a bad attitude? You know, you got a case of the stinking thinking. And you come home because you're ticked off at work because somebody yelled at you and somebody cut you off. And so, you, you, you know, you cussed out your, well, you shouldn't be cussing, but you cussed out your spouse, you cussed out your kids, you kicked the dog, right? But it wasn't the dog's fault. It wasn't your, your spouse's fault. It wasn't the kids' fault. But listen, you got stinking thinking going on. It's all up in your grill and all up in your head, right? And so you're ticked off and here's what happens. It's messing with everybody. It's messing with everybody. Well, that's what was happening a little bit in the movie. And the coach is like, okay, listen, team captain, let's do the death crawl. We're gonna start right here at the end zone. And, you just, and, and you're gonna be on all fours and I'm gonna put somebody on your back and you just go as far as you can. You want me to go to the 20 coach? Uh, just go as far as you can. You want me to go to the 30 coach? You just go as far as you can. He gets him on the back and he starts going and he starts going. He gets to the 20. He's like, it hurts, it hurts. How far am I? He's blindfolded. He's like, just keep going, just keep going. And he, and he goes, it hurts. And he's crying out. He's like, just keep going. Just give me your best. Just give me your best. Just give me your best. Just give me your best, right? He gets to the 50. He gets to the 40, gets to the other side, and he's like crying. He's like, ah, ah. You ever been there before? You're just crying? Like it hurts. I mean, mama's like the baby's been all over you all day long, and the grand, and, and grandparents, the grandkids are all over you all day. Or the, you know, just, you're grinding nonstop. It hurts. You're just ready to quit. You're ready to put up the white flag. But you got King Jesus. You got the coach. You got the pastor. You got other people in your life going, come on, give me your best. Give me your best. Come on, don't back down now. Don't back down now. Right? Well, that's what he was doing. And he got to the 40, he got to the 30. Am I there yet? Am I at the 50 yet, coach? Am I at the 50? Keep going, keep going. He gets all the way to the end zone and collapses. He doesn't know he's in the end zone, though. He goes, am I at the 50, coach? He says, take the blindfold off. He goes, look, you're in the end zone. Everybody starts clapping. It's wonderful. You say, why do you bring up that illustration? To tell you this, you need to apply yourself. Stop looking by sight. Stop wondering what, what about everybody else and you just give your best to the glory of God. You use what you have, you apply yourself and before you know it, you're gonna be scoring some touchdowns, friend. You're gonna be seeing God do some great and mighty things. Number three, account for performance. You know, it's been said, whatever you measure, you can improve. Whatever you measure, you can improve. We got some people in our church, you know what they're doing? They're measuring their giving. They're checking what they gave last year and they're checking what they give this year. They're checking first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter. 
You know, the way you can tell how a team is doing whenever you step into a stadium is you look at the scoreboard. It's the law of the scoreboard. You know how you can tell how you're doing as a Christian? Many times, look at your giving. Wherever your, wherever your, your, your treasure is, right? Wherever your treasure is, there will your heart be also. This is where your heart is. Not in your butt, but in your wallet. Okay? Yeah. Some of you, some of you guys, your heart's not even beating anymore. You're so locked up. You're so afraid to lose. You're so afraid. Well, what if we do this with the money? What if we do that with the money? And I just don't know if we have enough. Listen, stop it. It's not yours anyways. It's the Lord's, right? Like free yourself from the fear of, of am I gonna have enough? What about retirement? Listen, for, oh man, I'm about to start preaching up in this place coming down the runway. You don't know if you're gonna get to 60, 70, 80 years old. You're sitting wondering and worrying about what's gonna happen in 40 years from now. Listen, friend, Jesus may come back today. Isn't that right? You may drop dead of a heart attack in a week. Last thing you want is to be some sucker where you're sitting there like in fear all day long where everybody's loathing you because you're complaining about everything, right? Why not get your heart right with God and say, you know what? I'm gonna do my very best today. I'm gonna do my, I, want, I want my wife, my kids, my family to know daddy loves them. No, mama loves them. I'm gonna give my best. I'm not gonna sit here and live in fear and worry. No, 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 no. I'm gonna account for performance. I'm gonna check the scoreboard. Hey, have I been on a date with my spouse lately? Hey, have I led somebody to Christ lately? Hey, am I discipling anybody lately? Hey, how's my giving doing? Hey, when's the last time I went solo? When's the last time I went on a missions trip? Hey, listen, some of y'all need to get a fresh kill. You need to release that lion on the inside, friend. You know what I'm saying? The righteous are bold as a lion. Some of y'all been chained up for a long time. Hello? You need to kind of get that, get that reaper's edge back again, friend. You need to get that giddy up back again. Be like, you know what? I'm going to get some now. I'm going to go out and get a fresh kill. I'm going to get a new job. I'm going to get a new outfit. I'm going to get a new wardrobe. Let's go, baby. Let's go. Things change all of a sudden when you change. Some of you guys, oh, I want things to change in my life. Nothing's going to change until you change. Hello? Am I right? But check this out. The moment you change, Did you hear that? You have that power right now to say, you know what, bless God, I'm gonna inspect what I expect. I'm gonna measure and manage this thing and I'm gonna start growing my stewardship. I'm gonna start getting better and better. I told a few of the sisters earlier, I said, I like that saying, that adage, every day and in every way, I'm getting better and better by the grace of God. Amen, by the grace of God. New heights I'm gaining every day. Account for performance. And then number four, award for production. How many of y'all are looking forward to an award from Jesus? Now listen, heaven's enough for me. But y'all know that song? There's a crown and you can win it if you'll go. One of y'all know it. <laughs> You're like, I don't remember that. <laughs> they don't like me singing at my place. I can preach, but I can't. Well, I can barely preach. But listen, I definitely can't sing. I hit the tunes and I'm all over the place. Anybody else like that? I make a joyful sound, but it's only joyful to me and Jesus, not to anybody else. But there's a crown. There's a crown and you can win it. Now listen, I want to get as many crowns as I can get. I do. I want to make as much money as I can get. I want to be able to give as much money. I want to be the biggest giver in our church. Now I got some gorillas I'm up against. I got some big gorillas. <laughs> you know, I mean, these guys are, I mean, they go for the bananas, friend. I mean, they're going after it, right? They're making money for the purpose of giving. Hey, listen, 
I'm telling you, listen, we need to make money for the purpose of the glory of God, for the gospel. You know, you understand what happens all of a sudden? You're like, you know what? I'm not done yet. Maybe it's the fourth quarter. Grandma, maybe it's fourth quarter, but you're not done yet. You saved the best for last, friend. Uh-uh, I'm gonna show you. I'm coming up out this wilderness. And maybe, maybe some of you men are like Caleb in days of old. I'm 85 years old, and bless God, I'm gonna come out the wilderness and get my promised land. Hey, rise up. Rise up. God's calling this church to greater heights. Some of y'all just need to have that prayer. Y'all know the prayer of Jabez? I want you to see that prayer of Jabez real quick, okay? Go over your Bible, 1 Chronicles. 1 Chronicles. We're doing good on time. You say, what time is it? It's perfect timing to hear preaching. 1 Chronicles, chapter number four. Some of y'all, you forgot. You haven't been praying this way. You forgot that God's a big God. He's an almighty God. He's an everlasting God. You forgot that, that God says, call unto me and I'll answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Hey, when's the last time you called on the great and mighty God to blow in on your life? Woo! Am I the only one fired up in this place or what? The good thing is that God blesses faith. He blesses faith. You just have to have a little bit of it. Just a little bit of it. Look what he says in 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verse number 10. And Jabez, he called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed and enlarge my coast, and that thine hand might be with me, and that thou wouldest keep me from evil, that it may not grieve me. And God granted him that which he requested. Hey, why don't you pray today, God bless me. Bless me with my work. God, enlarge me with my ministry. God, please, please, uh, enlarge my coast. Help me as a, as a grandpa or a grandma. Help me as a soul winner. God, bless me. How many of y'all want God to bless you today? Come on. Does anybody out there want God's richest blessing? I'm telling you right now, what if God just saying, ask me? Just ask me. You want me to bless your marriage? You want me to bless your fatherhood? You want me to bless you as a soul winner? You want me to bless you as the biggest giver of your church? You just ask me for it. Open your mouth, son. Open your mouth, daughter, and I will fill it. See, I believe many times we don't have because we don't ask. Didn't he say ask? Didn't he say ask? Ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be given unto you. Hey, listen. It's time that you really start knocking. I'm not talking about, well, Jesus, if you would, I know it's kind of hard for you to do this. Please. You think it's hard for God to, what's our goal for the, the building over here? No, it's not a lot. What, how much is it? Four million. You think, you think four million is hard for God? No. God spoke the universe into existence. The fishes of the sea and the whales and the dolphins, all of it. Whatever it is in your life that you think is a lot is tiny. Is there anything too hard for God? Is there anything too hard for God? Is, is there anything too hard for God? Hello, I can't hear you. Is there, is there anything too hard for God? There's nothing too hard for him. All he's looking for, guys, is faith. Faith, the grain of a mustard seed. Just put your faith out. I know it's, it's risky because you don't want to look bad. What if, people, what if I try this and, and I fail? Then so be it. Better to try and fail than to, than to fail to try. I'd rather go get off the boat, you know, see Jesus out on the water. If it be thou, Jesus, let me come to you. And Jesus saw Peter said, come on. And Peter stepped up off that boat and started doing some water walking. 
You don't know what you can do. Listen, you're not done yet. There's more inside there. There's more inside there, friend. That's what I'm trying to tell you. You say, how do I, how do I activate it? The Holy Spirit will be stirring around in your heart. Come on. He's stirring around in some things inside that heart of yours. Maybe it's, maybe it's a roaring fire already and, you, and God's just ready to, for you to release you. And some of you guys, it's just a little, it's like a, it's like a little tiny little flint of fire. It's barely burning. You gotta turn into it and blow on that thing. And here's what will happen. God will start blessing that thing and filling that thing. Hey, some of y'all, you never know. You might be leading, God might be calling you to be the biggest giver in this church. God might be calling you to lead that next soul to Christ. God might be calling you to do something great and mighty. He might be calling you in that way. But I'll tell you this, it won't happen unless you really ask, seek, and knock. Isn't that right? God blesses faith. So my question to you today is this. My question to you is, are you ready to increase your pound? Are you ready to advance your pound? How many of you guys are, are done being stuck? Anybody done being stuck? Come on, raise your hand up in the air. Raise your hand up in the air if you're done being stuck. How many of you, you're not stuck, but you're ready to go to the next level? Anybody out there ready to go to the next level? Excellent, excellent. How many of you are just content right where you're at? Anybody? You're just happy being right there? Nobody's gonna raise their hand on it now because, you know, I get you. Listen, I'm for being content, but listen, I'm for being content with all that we have while we pursue all that King Jesus wants and has for us. Amen? And with this church, I've tried to do my very best to stir you up. Now, some of your hearts, a little bit harder. I had to get in there, dig a little deeper. I almost had to come over here for, for, uh, for this brother's uh, uh, crutch and get on in that heart and just like, is there anything alive in there? <laughs> but a few of you, after I kind of punched through a little bit, you're ready. You're ready. The others, you're primed. You're ready to roll. Now all you gotta do is take the step of faith. We're gonna have faith promise missions giving, right? This is where the rubber meets the road, okay? It's one thing to get a motivational speech and hear some good preaching. It's a whole nother to be disciplined and committed by faith to say, you know what? Day in and day out, I'm gonna grind with Jesus. Day in and day out, I'm gonna do what it takes. Day in and day out, you better believe I'm gonna give, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna grow, I'm gonna give it to the Lord. You say, preacher, how do I do that? I'm gonna tell you how you do that. A few different ways. See this thing here? The pastor, he has these ready for us. I wanna encourage the church today. Take this these little faith promise missions commitments, maybe you don't know what you're gonna give yet. Now listen, God's an abundant God. I don't want you looking at how much money you make right now. Stop that. How many of y'all believe God can give you more? Yeah, we don't walk by sight. Okay, so you have a fixed income, you got a certain amount of salary. Does that mean that's all God can do for you? No, no, that's not all he could do for you. See, the reason many of us stay stuck is because that's what we operate from. Listen, you got more. I got ladies in our church, they bake cookies. Man, they'll bake out all kinds of cookies. I got little boys in our church, they're doing trash business to make money for themselves and for missions. I got people in the church, they're, they're flipping property after property after property, giving King Jesus 50, 60, 70, 80% of their deals and adding more to their bottom line through the whole process. Why? Because they believe in abundant God. Isn't that good? Now, let me, let me show you how this works. Some of us were like, well, give it to me first, Jesus, and then I'll do it. No, 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 it doesn't work that way. You make the commitment first. You say, Jesus, I'm committing to you by faith. I don't have it, but if you bless me with these jobs, with this increase, with these bonuses, I, 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 you just show me, I don't even know how to do it. I will, I will commit to giving this amount to you. You see that? All of a sudden, here's what happens. It unlocks your mind. Instead of you just working in your little one area, 
All of a sudden, Lord, show me how to do it. New opportunities start coming up. Before you know it, man, increase is coming your way. But listen to this. It's not increased just for you. It's increase in partnership with Jesus. So the call to action is this. I want to ask you to pray over these today. To ask God, Lord, what would you, what would you have my family and I give this next year? And remember, it's not about the money. It's about the heart. When the heart is enlarged, every other area grows. A rising tide raises all ships. Isn't that right? Whatever ships are in the water when that tide rises, lifts them all up. Here's what I'm telling you. Get your boat in the water. Amen? It's time right now. Make a commitment to gospel missions. And if you're in here today and you say, preacher, I'm not even saved yet. If I died today, I'm not 100% sure if I'd go to heaven. Well, listen, that's why God brought you here. You came here today to listen to this fiery, short little oompa loompa preacher give you the gospel so that you could get born again. That's why God brought you here. So you can hear that Jesus loves you and he died for you and he rose again. And whosoever calls on his name shall be saved. If he could save this wretch, he could save you. If he could pluck me from the, from the wickedness that I was in, no doubt he can pluck you on out. And friend, I'm telling you right now, once he plucks you out and he sets your feet upon a rock, he'll establish your goings. For you know it, man, you got fire in your soul. You got salvation. You got King Jesus. And you'll be going all the way to glory with him forever and ever. So if you're in here today and you're not saved, God brought you here today to get saved. Don't you wait. Say not you all when I get my life all in order. Let me, let me give this to you and I'll give the invitation. I had a guy in our church. People always getting saved in our church because we love to, to give the gospel and we love people coming forward and getting saved. One young man, he come, he was maybe 22 years old and he's like, okay, I want, it, I, I want this. Well, I walked him through the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. It's by grace. It's not about being good. And he said, okay, I asked, I said, if Jesus would forgive you and save you right where you're at right now, would you receive Jesus as your savior? He said, yes. I said, great, let's go ahead and pray right now. I said, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. All we gotta do is you gotta ask him. It's a free gift, it's a spiritual gift. And we went to pray. He goes, hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, what about when I mess up? What about when I mess up in the future? I think he probably smoked a little pot or, or he, he drank or did something, right? And I looked at him, and he was, here's what he was afraid of. He was afraid that he wasn't going to be able to keep up a perfectionist image to live the religious life. I turned to, turned to him, I said, listen, salvation's not based on you stopping sinning. Salvation's based on Jesus Christ. You let him enter into your heart. Let him work it all out. You don't worry about it, okay? And let him do it. He said, okay, so I, can, I don't have to try to figure out, no. You, all you got to do is just open your heart and let him forgive you. He'll do all the work inside of you. He bowed his head right then and there. Oh, you're gonna like this part. He got saved right there. Pulled all the pressure off him. Now you know what that young man's doing? He's going through discipleship. He's reading his Bible. He's, he's coming up in the church. He's praying before others. Why? Because we pulled all the pressure of, I have to look a certain way and dress a certain way. And what if I do this? No, it's all about Jesus. Let his spirit have his way. And friends in here today, let him have his way. If he's stirring inside of you right now, just say, here am I, Lord. Here am I. Go ahead. I give my full self to you. Watch what he can do. It's amazing. Let's pray. Father, thank you so very much.
for the liberty, the unction, the grace, the empowerment. Would you please bless this invitation now as we've heard preaching. Now it's time for us to respond. Let your Holy Spirit work in a mighty way inside of us. We love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.